0: campers, friends, and frenemies. Uncle Marv here with another episode of the IT Business Podcast. We are coming, well, what should be live, but it is live to us, not to you. I am in studio with a very special guest, Shanna Utgard from Defendify is here in-house. Shanna, welcome.
1: Thanks, Marv. So am I the first person who's been in this studio?
0: So, you are not the first person to record from the office, but you are the first person to record from this new studio.
1: I love it.
0: Yep. So, we are recording from, I guess I could call this Studio B, from Marvin B. <laughs> 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 uh, this is the new space. Some of you that have been following me on the Facebook will notice that uh, we had new space, and so we are in the new space. It is not quite furnished yet, although we have two brand new rugs.
1: And I'm pretty sure that I have those rugs, although I know that I don't have a Ross up in Maine where I live, but I do have a Mardin's, and Mardin's is a fantastic store. The slogan, like all the commercials and the jingles actually says, I should have bought it when I saw it at Mardin's, so it's uh, fantastic. It probably came from Ross originally.
0: Okay, so we, yeah, we did find these at a bargain at Ross. Actually, Kim did, and came and got me and said, I think you should come look at these. So we went and got them, and here they are. So now we've got the rugs, we've got the TV, we've got the water cooler, and we're working on some other stuff in here. So And some books. Well, yes, we, we are working on the backdrop that nobody will see for quite some time. But I've got the books on the shelf, I've got Traction, I've got Fix It Now, we have the book from Alan Weinbarger from ASCII, The Doctor is In, and we'll be putting up some Chotskys and logo stuff. So if you'd like to see your company logo behind me
1: <laughs> when we do a live show. <laughs> I would love to see my company logo back there, but UPS has all of my fun stuff, so...
0: Ah, uh... Uh, yes, yes. So why don't we talk about why you're here? So Shanna was visiting us in Miami. Miami. For a conference that is not going to be recognized by most of us IT people.
1: No, it was an aviation show, which was pretty pretty fun and interesting. And uh, people made all kinds of different inflatable thingies and window thingies and all kinds of other things. But just uh, walked around and asked them why they're you know, plain thingy was different than everybody else's and they would give me their unique value proposition and their, you know, differentiator. And then I would ask them how they were protecting that intellectual property from a cybersecurity standpoint. And they looked at me like I had 10 heads.
0: Mm. All right. So you were down there and some of you might remember there was a previous episode that I had with Defendify, Shanna and Glenn.
1: Well, mostly Glenn, because I <laughs> was fashionably late.
0: <laughs> well, you were late, but you you came across great on the video and the sound in the pre-show. And then we put you back in the green room, and you didn't want to leave.
1: It was open bar in the green room. So, I mean, I just had a blast restarting my computer, checking all my camera settings. I have no idea how the wheels fell off, but seems to be a pattern for me just like this show and all kinds of other crazy stuff but i had to make it up by coming here in person because i knew that i couldn't like really mess that up too badly
0: right and too bad we couldn't quite plan it to where we could schedule a live show and stream it but traffic between miami and fort lauderdale can be tricky
1: (laughs) Yes, I'm starting to understand what Florida Man is all about. If I had to drive in that every day, I would I would probably go a little crazy as well. <laughs> I mean, I, I would I would say I would go postal, but right now I'm the big fan of the post office, especially compared to UPS, because I'm in a battle with them right now.
0: Oh. Well, I'm not going to ask about that, because I don't want you going off. <laughs> I don't want to rehash it. <laughs> uh, but, Shannon, let's tell everybody who may not know, uh, we mentioned your company earlier, Defendify. And the fact that you went to a non-IT function, everybody's going to wonder, well, why would we have Defendify on? So tell us who Defendify is.
1: We are your all-in-one cybersecurity provider. So we have everything in our platform from risk assessments to policies to user training, all the way up through penetration testing, vulnerability scanning, and full 24-7 breach detection and response. So it's simple, flexible, scalable uh, grows with you. We'll, we'll meet you where you are as far as your cyber maturity and then, you know, help you, your, your customers, your clients grow and mature and in an automated way. One throat to choke, I guess, or I heard a po- more positive way to spin that the other day, but I can't remember what it is right now. But, um, you know, reduce the vendor sprawl and improve cyber posture and that aviation show a lot of companies that we work with that fall in the dod supply chain uh you know they're making a lot of the components that are going into this and i don't know it just seemed like something that we could explore and it was a pretty good show i enjoyed it
0: so when we did the podcast that you were 10 percent involved in (laughs) i had
1: supporting role
0: (laughs) i believe i had just signed up so i hadn't really gotten the the nuts and bolts of it but i've been using it since then and we literally have uh, all but one or two of my clients enrolled in some form or fashion and it has been great because the clients they love the fact that we can do you know the vulnerability scan we can scan their website and all of that stuff and the pricing is not something that they have to freak out over
1: Right, you're not going back to them and saying, "Hey, by the way, we're, you know, upping your bill by thousand like, like a uh, you know internet service. <laughs> it's not, it's not gonna go crazy expensive yep. if you're not under some long term contract for you know half a decade. Which is kind of a little crazy to me with cybersecurity tools that they lock you into big, big, big long contracts like that. Because I don't know what the cyber landscape's gonna look like four months from now. Never mind four years from now. That's just I don't know as I could go for that.
0: That is a big thing. Uh, Contracts, multi-year. I think that's one of the reasons why I appreciated you guys at Defendify. You did not um, strong arm us into doing this.
1: We know that we're, I I call us kind of like a a plumber, you know, A lot of plumbers give you magnets that you put on your fridge, and you don't think about, like, having a plumber connection every day. But when, you know, you're up to your eyeballs-ish, if you know what I mean, uh, then you're really happy that you know a plumber. So we're kind of like that in in cybersecurity. It's not a super hard push. But we know that when you need us, you'll find us.
0: (laughs) Yep. So some of the things that I mentioned, the network uh, vulnerability scan, uh, the website scanner, the other stuff that I think has really been critical is the employee awareness training. That's a big component. Uh-huh.
1: We focus a lot of the platform on the holistic side of things because even if you look at a lot of the large data breaches that have occurred, the big, you know, newsworthy hacks and everything else a lot of it starts with the employee side of things. I mean, I, I saw a presentation earlier this week and somebody said, I've never seen two computers just start fighting with each other because they, they were mad at each other. So there's always the human component of it. So big focus on the holistic side of things. And um, one, I, think, I think it went out today, but one of our blog posts talks about changing the mindset of your employees are your weakest link Um, The only reason why your employees would be your weakest link is if you're not training them, if you're not teaching them how to recognize cyber threats, if you're not teaching them the importance of cybersecurity, then I could see how the, you know, IT department, the department of no, might be ones to say, you know, your employees are your weakest link, but... If we take the time to train them and educate them, then your employees are your greatest strength. And if they're a weakness, it's because we're not doing a good job of teaching
0: them. Well, the other side to that is if they're not your weakest, your weakest link in a sense, they're more productive and they help the business.
1: I love when people tell us stories about watching the Ninjio awareness videos because they're animated. They're three to four minutes long. They're entertaining. There's, if you've ever found yourself in the middle of like a CSI binge, uh, the same writer that did a lot of the CSI shows does these cybersecurity videos. So they're fun, they're engaging. But people call us all the time and say, oh, I watched this video and then I saw this in in my personal life or, um, you know, I play this for my husband and my kids and they feel like not only is their cyber posture improving in their organization and they're protecting job security and, you know, their customer data, but they're also finding benefit that extends outside of work and protecting their family, their children, their loved ones, their elderly parents. It's just, I love those stories.
0: So we're going to take a left turn here when you say the writer of many of the csi series are you talking about the original csi or the csi cyber
1: i oh i didn't know there was a csi cyber yes i don't have cable so fun story i was at a conference in vegas at mandalay bay and i was there for almost a week and uh, if you put your door hangy thing outside that you don't want room service because it's just you and you brought all your toiletries and you got 10 sets of towels anyway, if you stay there for three days with your door knocker out saying don't disturb, they'll come do a wellness check on you. And I got a you know bang, bang, bang on the door, casino security, and I thought it was the guy in the room next to me. And Bang, 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 bang. I finally like, get up and I go to the door and I'm like... They're at my door. And they're like, "Uh, man, we just wanted to make sure that you were okay. I'm like, well, yeah, but I don't have cable, so I'm, like, catching up on Curse of Oak Island. And like, however, if my door knocker is still up after another three days, you definitely want to come check on me because I fell in an HGTV coma.
0: (laughs) Oh, HGTV. Uh Joy, joy, joy. Yeah, there was a CSI Cyber. It only made it two years, though.
1: It's about the average tenure for someone in cyber. That makes sense. Yep.
0: (laughs) Uh, I, you know, what's funny is that show, I'd normally like the CSIs, the Criminal Minds, but that show, I think, tried to oversimplify a lot of the mm. tech terms, and I think it was just maybe made it a little too cheesy. Yeah. And
1: um, I don't like that, and I, I also don't like when they try to make things sound like really technical when they're not, or you know, just the representations of... You know, people in this industry or hackers or any, you know, watch these movies. There was a new one on Netflix that I wasn't even about to start watching because I'm like, oh, yeah, it's going to be, like, you know, Matrix-style, like, green dots coming down the screen. And it's like, if people knew what it really looked like, it's definitely not that, you know, sexy and Matrix-like. So I don't I don't like that. And I hate the images of the hackers in the hoodies. It's like, that's that's not what this is like anymore.
0: <laughs> so that image and then the one where they make it Exciting. So another problem with the CSI Cyber is they were always happy to be doing their stuff. <laughs> and, like, they would find an IP address, and they'd be high-fiving each other. And, you know, then it's like, oh, let's go have a strawberry milkshake.
1: <laughs> yeah, or like the clackety-clackety-clackety-clackety. You've got the countdown going down. It's just like clackity clackety 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 And they slam enter, and then, like, all the magic stuff happens. And it's like... Yes, yeah, that's that's not real life. And it's all in 5 minutes, right? <laughs> right exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, they never, you know, spend the night, you know, trying to do stuff. Their hair's never matted. It's always perfect. They right. didn't you Where
1: know, is the open source intelligence gathering? We don't just go into this and, you know, matrix coding.
0: Yep. Yeah. So, all those shows are fun. All right.
1: At least though uh, we're seeing things out there in in you know, the television shows. And I saw something on like a kid's show the other day that was talking about multi-factor authentication. And I was like, yes, but at least it's getting, you know, a little bit of space and it's getting its airtime so that people continue to, when I started three years ago at, at defendify, the education component was hard. It was tough. Like People did not understand that they were targets of cyber attacks. They did have information that people were after. It's not just the targets of the world that are getting hacked. You don't have to be Equifax. But now news stories are coming out. It's being you know, represented a little bit more in movies and shows. And the education component, people understand that it's a very real threat. So,
0: so let me ask you this question because you get to see people that we sometimes don't. When you're out at these shows, especially, you know, an aviation show, they're not there for IT. They're not there for the same security as we would be if we were going to a conference. But they're seeing more and more stuff on TV, on the news, you know, the latest ransomware attack and stuff like that. So how do you get approached or how do people respond when they find out that's what you do? And are they really as knowledgeable as They should be.
1: (laughs) Well, first of all, I don't even like to tell people that I'm in cybersecurity. I tell them that I'm a translator. And they're like, oh, really cool. What do you translate? And I tell them that I turn geek speak into business risk. So instead of like alphabet soup, and I swear this industry is second only to the military as far as the number of three-letter abbreviations that we use. But I uh, tell them I'm in cybersecurity, they usually come back with one of two responses. It's oh, yeah, so uh, what do you think about cryptocurrency? And I'm like, oh, I think that it's very disappointing that that's the only application that most people think of for blockchain, and it's got a lot of beneficial stuff outside of cryptocurrency. But not to say I have any issues with it. But uh, And then they usually ask me to help them with something on their iPhone. Uh, so it's not really... Something that... So, yeah.
0: completely off track yeah, then.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. That or they think I have like you know, 47 TV screens and I work in like a command and control center like NASA style, like, nah, we're, we're going to watch Space Launch. Um, or the biggest thing that I hear from them too is, oh, oh, we don't, I don't do, IT does that. No, security is everybody's job.
0: So, now let's take a step back. Because you have a framework that most of them don't have, and I did have Glenn try to share your story, but I think it would be much better told by you and the entire reason you're even here, right?
1: Well, Glenn's probably heard me tell the story a couple dozen hundred million times, so he probably got it relatively correct, but uh, without, he could probably get the general, like, Cliff's Notes version. But, um, excuse me, so I was a real estate paralegal. I did all of the the closings for a lot of different, you know, transactions, commercial, residential, lots of money changing hands between banks and borrowers and buyers and sellers and millions of dollars flying around every week. So, I had done a real estate closing where the seller was uh, not coming to the closing. She lived out in the Midwest somewhere and she was selling her property in Maine. And the communication went back and forth between her real estate broker and, you know, the seller who used a little quirky nickname and had a very unique style about her and all of her exchanges with us. And there were a couple of things that happened during the closing that were, you know, just wrenches that were thrown in, you know, unnecessarily things just happened. So it was, you know, she knew there were some aggravations through it, but you know, we got through it. with day of the closing comes, we had securely sent her all of her closing documents. She had signed them out in the state that she lived in, FedExed them back to us for the closing, and then the buyers were coming in to sign their side of the documents. And that morning, I had gotten an email um, from the real estate broker and it looked like it was a forwarded message from the seller with her quirky little, you know, tone and her little nickname and her email and reference to some of the previous details and things that would have, had happened. And she said like, one last thing. My husband and I were talking this morning about, you know, where the proceeds were being sent to. So instead of it going to our Bank of America account, can we have it sent to the Chase account instead? Wire instructions attached? So kind of just had one of those moments where I wanted to be done with the closing, put this one in the books, one last favor, fine. And because it was an email that looked like it was forwarded from the real estate broker, you know, that the seller sent it to the broker, broker sent it to me, I kind of assumed that a verification had already happened. I'm sure a lot of you are already cringing right now knowing what's going to come out of my mouth next. Uh, but I thought the broker had confirmed. I made the switch. The buyer signed everything. I copied all the documents um, because the seller could have a copy of all the signed stuff. I processed the wire going to Chase instead of Bank of America, and then I went to send the copy of the executed closing package back to the seller, and I typed in her zip code into FedEx to populate the label, and what she gave me didn't give me the correct city and state. It was totally different. So I called her up and said, Hey, I'm trying to send your closing package back. I typed in your zip code. It gave me these two options. And she's like, "Mm, no, that's not right. And so I read what I had and she had transposed one of the numbers. So I got the right one. I printed the label and just casually in this conversation happened to say, oh, and I was able to submit that to go to Chase instead of Bank of America. And she said, what? And that was the moment that everything below my shoulders dropped through everything below my feet. And I said, I'm going to have to call you back. And ran to the other the other building where we did all the money transfer stuff and ran in screaming, stop the wire. Not really, that's the dramatization in my head. But basically to that effect, and it had already been processed, it had already been sent to the bank, they had already called and confirmed it. But thankfully, our little podunk main bank They hadn't processed all of the wires for all of the customers and sent the entire batch out, so we were able to stop it, but I mean, I did process a wire and and submit a wire for $2.1 million to a cyber attacker who had been lurking in the real estate broker's email for months instead of to the actual seller. So that's kind of how I cut my teeth in cybersecurity. And even to this day, I get goosebumps when I think about the story or I tell the story because it's just a feeling that I don't want anybody else to ever have to feel.
0: Now, I can imagine that, I mean, you probably thought you were going to lose your job, right?
1: Thankfully, I didn't, because it was just, it was a mistake. We didn't have kind of that, you know, stick culture around those types of, well, we didn't really have any culture around cybersecurity. <laughs> um, but I remember looking at the, the attorney that I worked for and I said, if, if that had gone out, what would we have done? And he just, he looked at me kind of almost like, like helpless and said, I don't know. And that was really disturbing for me because it was like we had no incident response plan. You know, we we hadn't done a fire drill. We didn't know even going forward what we would do if that happened again.
0: Did did you have an IT person or team that you could turn to? We had
1: an MSP. So the, the best thing I got out of that was I played a terrible, I'm sorry, Joanne. I played a really (laughs) terrible prank on one of my coworkers one time. She'd gone on vacation she went on a lot of vacations and I pranked her every time she left. and, I took all of her icons on her desktop and I dragged them off to the right-hand side because everybody has them going down the left. So I dragged them all to the right-hand side. Oh, well, first I took a a screenshot of her desktop the way that it was. Dragged all of her icons off to the right that I would right-click and hide them and then I set the picture of her like normal desktop as her background, so it looked like all of her icons were there, but they were really dragged off to the side and hidden. So every time she clicked on like, you know, Internet Explorer or one of our law office things, it wouldn't do anything. So she's like, "Oh my links are broken." And I just giggled and giggled and giggled. But that was the best thing that I got out of our relationship with our MSP was the, how to play that joke on her. but other than that, we didn't really. We were actually terrified of calling them for any issues that we had, so we never did. We had no cybersecurity training, nothing. Oh. Yeah.
0: We we have another story to <laughs> yeah. talk about. Yes. Okay, that's interesting. So this is the sound of me writing a note to ask her about <laughs> her MSP.
1: Not, I, I will tell you, not all MSPs are created equal. Like, some of them are not. Was, some of them aren't even in the same league. Some of them aren't even playing the same sport. Like... I mean,
0: so you know what? Okay. Forget what I was going to do now. Let me go. (laughs) So I had a meeting with a client that absorbed one of my clients last year. And so I thought, okay, I'll never hear from them again. But they called, they were in a panic because they were in the midst of installing a phone system. And as they installed the phone system, everything stopped working. They called their MSP who they had been contracted with and the MSP was like, well, we can't be there until whatever. I think it was like the next day. Thursday yeah. next year. Yeah. And so the, the person that I worked with that got absorbed said, well, you should call Marvin. So they called me and they called it at like 10 30. Now I don't know how it happened, but for some reason I had nothing on the books that afternoon. And so I said, well, I had a, a cancellation, so I can come there, I can look at it and, and see. However, I don't want to touch anything because I know that you're being managed by another MSP. And they're like, well, just come and see what you can do and we'll figure it out. If so, you can
1: fix this, we'll fire him today.
0: <laughs> so I get out there and, you know, there's so much more to this story, but that I'll tell it at a later time. But the bottom line is...
1: We'll have Glenn tell it.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the bottom line is I found out that they were having a DNS issue. And I said, okay, your MSP needs to fix this. And And they said,
1: said, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) what?
0: So they called me back the next day to say, yes, they came in and they're, they had, this company, they had worked with them for four years. They had never done any server maintenance, any cleanups. Um. So they were constantly running out of IP addresses and they never checked their DNS. So what, cause when I looked, there were DNS entries from 2013. And I'm like, why are these here? These should be gone. These machine names aren't here anymore. And we were, and all I, all I was doing is pointing stuff out and I'm on my, my network tester and I'm looking at. network and i'm like okay you have 185 devices on this network are these all real and they couldn't tell me a thing so they called me back the next day and said okay they got that fixed we would like to consider you to take over our services now understand that when i said they have 185 devices on their network that doesn't mean 185 computers okay they only had 30 computers and one server, but there was all these other things connected to the network. But I told them, I said, well, here's what we need to do. So I need to have you look at my master service agreement, agree to sign that. And then we can talk about the scope of work. And they were looking at me like, you have an agreement. And then I said, yes. And they said, well, what types of things are in the agreement? I said, just here, look at it. So like, you know, it has all the stuff. And they're like, you can do antivirus. I said, yes. They're like, you can block our bad websites like porn. I said, yes, you can connect remotely and monitor us. I said, yes. They're like, well, we never got any of this from our current MSP. So I understand what you're saying. We're not all are created equal, which is, is strange in this day and age.
1: And this is, this was not a small MSP by any measure, but, uh, I also in this role worked with a bunch of companies locally in Maine and they had big incidents and they would call their MSP and the response was, you know, sorry, we don't do anything like that. Um, Not even taking the time to refer them to somewhere else that could help them. It was just literally like, we don't do anything like that.
0: So your experience there and and so what I was going to take you down the path of, how did you get from there to working for Defendify? But let me just skip all that because I think I want to hear. Oh, I could
1: do that one real quick though. Please. Okay. It ties in, in the law office every year for like six years that I worked there, I would go to a title insurance seminar. If you ever need to fall asleep like real quick, just listen to anything like title insurance related. Um, to, to be fair, First American Title Insurance does an amazing job with a really, really bad, dry subject. They try to make it fun. Um, but I used to joke that I only go for the free breakfast, which I wasn't like really joking. I had to go, but the free breakfast was the best part. And that morning I happened to chip a tooth while I was eating my free breakfast. So I'm texting with my dentist. I'm just just hating my existence at that moment. And then all of a sudden this guy gets up and he starts going through these slides and he's like rapid fire. I grew up in Toronto. I did this. I went to school here. Here's a picture of me with my kids in a taxi, all kinds of crazy stuff. I moved my family to Maine and he's like flying through and the whole, like a, a hush falls over all of the people and they're just like fixated on this presentation. He starts going through all kinds of like, you know, small business and cyber threats and actual examples of our industry and just cybersecurity awareness and I had been a corporate sales trainer in the past and I've delivered thousands of PowerPoint presentations. And I was like, wow, this guy's really good. But I thought maybe it was just my bias based on my experience. We go through the whole thing. We end up going to Panera after, cause that was part of our tradition for lunch. And all the women that I work with were like, Oh my gosh, that cyber guy was really good. And I was like, okay, it's not just me. And he had had a booth where he was doing, you know, stolen password previews because we don't like spilling the whole jelly beans and showing people their clear text passwords that usually goes over like a fart in church but um so we was doing these preview you know like scans and I didn't want to disrupt his you know the salesman in me was like he's here to gather leads these are potential customers so I just grabbed his business card and wrote him like this cheeky cover letter all about like you know how much of a great experience that I had like familiarity with cyber attacks and sent him this email and my resume and I didn't hear anything back, which I thought was very weird. And then I was like, duh, because I sent an attachment. So then I submitted it through my application through the website with another cheeky cover letter, like, yep, security, I totally forgot. So here's my cute little cover letter with a oops, of course, attachment. And then I heard nothing again. And I was completely heartbroken and bummed out. I tried to make up for it applying with another organization, didn't get that job. And then Rob called me back and hired me. So hmm. I hunted him down and told him that I needed to be a part of what he was doing. Okay. So yeah.
0: Yeah. And you're s- still with them now. Oh. Th- was it three, four years?
1: Just over three.
0: Okay. Yep.
1: Love it. I'm officially now remaining employee number two. So only Tom our ridiculously talented and amazing uh, developers. The only person other than our co-founders who has been there longer than me. Oh, I'm like an OG. It's
0: a badge of honor. <laughs> so now let's get to where I really want to go because I don't get to ask this of vendors very often and most vendors won't talk about it, but I believe you will. All right. So from what you see, uh, as you travel, as you chat with MSPs, what is the biggest thing that is lacking amongst us? And I'm going to put myself in there too, because I know that first of all, I don't consider myself a real True blue MSP, you know, because I don't do 24-7 help desk knock, all that stuff, and I don't lock my customers into three-year contracts and blah 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 blah. But I I do what I can. But the fact that we are talking about not all MSPs are created equal. What is your experience in dealing with us?
1: Um that so oh, there's so many, so many good <laughs> answers to this. Um my experience in dealing with you is that you are better salespeople than you ever give yourself credit for. The only thing you, you get them so close to understanding why they need to do something, but just the the only missing component is the usually the business risk component. It's like, okay, this is the potential bad thing that could happen. And if that does happen, these are, you know, all the things that it could affect. And this is the cost of, you know, what fixing this would, you know, look like. And this is the cost if you don't do anything about it. Um, the business risk side of things, depending on who your you know business leader is and who you're talking to, it's kind of a little bit different for every person. If somebody's more of a financial mindset, you want to talk about that. If their biggest, like... Getting to really know your customer, like, what is the worst case scenario? What does that look like? Um, and truly understanding, like, their business, where they want to go. Like, I'm one of those people that has a really curious mind, and I just want to, like, I love talking to people in airport bars. I love, like, just learning about where people are and where they want to go and what their story is. If, if our, if MSPs that we work with took the same time to learn about their clients' needs and they could translate just that last step of, like, this is the bad stuff and what that would mean for you is, and then just, like, really have them understand that. That would be awesome. Um, You're definitely better salespeople than you think that you are. Um, And the other component of it, coming from the legal side that I have, is if I were in your shoes, I would be terrified to make security optional. I look at things as like, what would that look like and feel like in a courtroom? If, cause let's say your client has a really big breach that occurs or like they lose a lot of money. They're going to be looking to recoup that. They're going to be looking for somebody to blame because they can't blame themselves for ignoring all of your recommendations despite signing a waiver. Or how many times you've told them that doesn't matter. Like, if I sign a waiver going out and you know playing golf and I fall and break my leg, I can still sue. It doesn't mean that I'm right, it doesn't mean that I'm going to win, but I can still drag the golf course through you know court. Yep. So from a like liability standpoint, making cybersecurity or any additional security measures optional if you're going in to court and your client tries to like sue you that they didn't, they thought that they had these types of things because you do the you know tech thingamajiggies, Bitcoin, fix my iPhone, everything under that tech umbrella. And you're trying to explain to 12 non-technical people or a non-technical judge what the difference is between why security doesn't fall under that. They're not going to follow. And if you're doing it for some of your clients, but not other ones, like... That's just so the liability there. And your clients hired you to take over the the tech side of things because they didn't go to school to be, you know, geeks like us. They wanted to start their business for whatever reason. So if you don't, if they trusted you to take over their IT side of things and their technology and, and all of those types of decisions and you've led them up until that point, Why are you giving them the reins back when it comes to security? Like, why are you letting them pick and choose what they do or don't need? Like, I I just wish more MSPs would draw a hard line in the sand. And I would be willing to bet that you're not going to lose any enough customers to make it worth it. Like a, a little bit more to cover your margins, to cover your products, to cover your A, You
0: can say it on this podcast. I I, I don't
1: know. My my mom would be, well, not my mom. I will say my grandma, probably a little (laughs) disappointed, but, um, so, I mean, that, that's a big thing. Like from the liability standpoint, um, just having all of that, just coverage, you're going to get some more bottom line. Trust me, I've gone through this exercise with so many partners. You're not going to lose enough customers that you're going to be in the negative at the end of it. And you're also going to have better security posture in your customers, less help desk tickets, less stupid stuff. If you just draw that line and say, Hey, like, these are your risks. This is how the security landscape has changed. I'm not comfortable continuing with you as a client if we don't implement these types of things. You know, you are driving down the highway at 100 miles an hour blindfolded, and I don't want to give you car insurance anymore. Like, I'm not willing to accept that risk as you, as a client. And if this is a deal breaker for you, then I'm more than happy to begin that really long, terrible, drawn out, painful process of helping you switch to another MSP.
0: Do you think that a lot of them do it because they themselves are scared that
1: you oh, know yeah. it's going
0: to make it's going to make me liable? So why would I put that out there? All I want to do
1: liable you're doing all I want to do follow-ups. is fix
0: a computer.
1: Well, then break fix is probably more, more up your alley.
0: I just want to upgrade your computers. I put on my my RMM agent so I can remote in when I need to. And but if
1: you're if you're providing antivirus and managed firewalls, you're already in security. You're just half-assed in there. I said it. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Feel better.
0: (laughs) Um, Okay. So, so a lot of us basically get to the line and won't cross it. And let me ask it from this point of view. Now, do you have people that come to defendify love what you do and say, uh, I really can't afford that, and in my mind, now based on what I pay, I don't know what everybody else pays, but I'm like, that's an easy thing. Can't sale. afford not to. Yeah.
1: You know how much attorneys cost?
0: Uh, yeah, I yeah. work with a lot of them.
1: They're lot. Yeah, they're really expensive. Um, I, you can't afford not to. I mean, I don't, I don't, I struggle with understanding why people don't look at security as any other tool, like you mentioned, you know, RMM, at the, like antivirus, all of those other tools that you need on a day-to-day business to do your job, that your clients need on a day-to-day business to, to do their job, those are all things that you bundle together and you package and you add some margin on and that's what you present to them security should be in there as well because it's something that everybody needs to do their job because without it, you've got people clicking on links, you've got, you know, exposed RDP, you've got all of the like vulnerabilities up the wazoo. And guess what? Like when those are exploited, nobody's doing their jobs. So it's no different than their email functioning or their printer working. Um, if anything it's probably more important because we talk to companies that are down for months, plural at a time when they have a cyber attack, even with insurance.
0: Here's the other thing that I think we ourselves don't have to sell Defendify. No. You work directly with businesses as well. Yep. Um, You give us a very nice discount to do it ourselves. But if if an MSP doesn't want the liability, they can at least say, if you're not going to do it from us, do it with this company. Do you ever have those situations where MSPs would just refer the business to you?
1: We do, but it's really only in more of like a, a specific context because what we don't want to do as a company is produce a, you know, the, a 50 page vulnerability scan report for a small business and then have them go back and go, oh, uh, so now what? Or, you know, take them through the cybersecurity health checkup, which you said earlier was like, you know, oh, it wasn't as bad as I thought. I was like, the grade or the process of it? <laughs> um, which both. And we if we give them all of these like recommendations or they're trying to meet a compliance standard like, um, you know, NIST CSF or 800 or HIPAA or GDPR, if we're giving them all these recommendations and showing them where they have holes, but we're not... We don't provide the capabilities of fixing that. We don't want them to feel like they've paid for something that they're not getting value out of, that they still have all of these security holes and no way to fix them um, unless they have an internal IT team or somebody capable of doing those types of remediation or leading them through other parts of people, process, and technology that we don't specifically cover.
0: Well, the reason I was asking you that is because my thought is the MSP should want to use Defendify because it is going to provide all of those points that we need to cover. Most and of the
1: time, though, what we like to do, though, if if you struggle with selling security, like, first of all, don't sell it, just turn it on. Uh, but if you really are trying to get the buy-in from from your customers and, and your clients, Most of the time the problem is in awareness. So they just don't know what they don't know and that's our fault. And we do, and I do these all day, every day. It's literally that presentation that I told you that I saw Rob give. I went home that night and I manifested no I'm just kidding (laughs) Um, I, I said to myself like I want to give that presentation and now I give it all the time I give it in you know big events and I give it in tiny little webinars and I give it in chamber of commerce meetings and we start with that in our process we love to do these awareness webinars we want to teach your clients first so that it strengthens your relationship you're providing value to them you're teaching them about cyber threats and we're leading with like this is what you should be worried about this is the kind of data that you have that attackers would be after. This is how they would come about it so that you're not just going in there and being like, you need to buy more tech, blah, blah, blah. It's going to cost you this much more, blah, blah, blah. And you don't know what you're getting different than the services I'm already providing you. Right.
0: Well, I can tell you this, and we'll start to wrap this up in in a bit, but if you're listening and you are like, wow, this sounds all good, but is it something I can really do? Let me tell you this. There is a free package that you can sign up for, that will give you three free cybersecurity tools, and the first one alone should justify a lot of what we as MSP do. It is the the cybersecurity health checkup, and that, in a sense, is I don't want to say it's a watered down risk assessment, but it's something that it's
1: an easily digestible risk yeah. assessment.
0: It's it's a way for a customer to see where they measure up. And you mentioned the grade. There is a grade um, that will match you up against all of the, you know, compliances out there, the HIST, the NIST, the HIPAA, you know, all that stuff. So it gives you, you you're you okay with this one, but not with this one. So you can use it um, along with the network vulnerability scanner and threat alerts. So you don't have to go out looking for all the information about what's out there, Defendify will compile it for you.
1: Oh my God. All those emails of everything are coming in, like you have to sign up to all these different you know, email subscriptions. Trust me, I know I'm signed up for them all so that we can parse through and find a lot of these threat alerts that are relevant to small and medium business and the ones that they want to pay attention to. But I love the cybersecurity health checkup because it's kind of like when you tell some somebody something like over and over and over and over again, and then somebody else comes in and they say the same thing, maybe just like slightly different, and then all of a sudden that person goes, oh, and you're like, God, I've been saying this the whole time. That is the cybersecurity health checkup for a lot of our partners. It's also t- kind of takes you out of that, you know, oh, every time I have my quarterly conversation with my MSP, they try to sell me more tick gobbledygook. Uh, the cybersecurity health checkup is a, third-party tool. We made it. We don't, you know, care who the person is on the other side. Well, we care about you, but like it doesn't matter to us who the person is on the other side of it that's taking it. Whether you're, you know, a one-man CPA working out of your home office or you're, you know, a DoD contractor that has 72 million cyber events a month coming at your network, it doesn't matter either way going into that assessment. Um, and then it will back you up in the things that you've been telling them over and over again with that, you know, neutral, objective, third party, and kind of like a, a bit of like a authoritarian sales approach. Like oh see all these things like we just put your answers to these questions into this third party tool and they backed me up,
0: <laughs> mm. and it is easy, folks. So I'm going to have a link in the show notes, defendify.com, and sign up. And now you probably won't get to talk to Shanna because she's out and about traveling the world, uh, doing a lot of these. <laughs> <laughs> hey. <laughs> Uh, But they do respond very quickly, and they'll get you onboarded very quickly. And they'll follow up to make sure that you're getting what you're expecting. And I'll be honest, I probably had to tell Glenn, um, give me an extra couple of days. (laughs) I can't do it all at once. But it is very simple. And like I said, we've signed up just about all of our customers. We've done the cybersecurity health checks. We've got uh, some of them on The employee awareness training, there is so much more built in. But again, it's easy. It's third party. It's not us having to sell what they can see in black and white or color, if you have a color printer. Because the reports are nice.
1: (laughs) And (laughs) co-branded.
0: Put your logo on it. Mm -hmm. Dress it up. Look it pretty. Mm
1: -hmm. And your colors look great with our colors. (laughs) They do.
0: As a matter of fact, they do. We need to. Need to co-brand some stuff right all right so uh shanna how does it feel to uh have done one and made it through the entire thing
1: i'm so excited i i showed up early um <laughs> i would just like to give the best biggest shout out to mrs b because she is the absolute hostess with the mostest so uh this has been Probably the highlight of my trip. I mean, granted, UPS set the bar pretty low, but the show was a lot of fun. Uh, but this has been the, the icing and the cherry and the sprinkles on top. And yes, they're sprinkles, not Jimmy's.
0: <laughs> all right. So we are going to go have dessert now and uh, hope you all have enjoyed this episode. Shanna Utgard with Defendify, one of my very bestest friends now. You're obsessed forever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, thank you for downloading and listening to this episode of the IT Subscribe, Business Podcast. like,
1: ring the bell. This ain't YouTube, honey. All the promotion, all the things. Uh, Thumbs up.
0: Check out my IG.
1: Mm-hmm. Follow, <laughs> like and follow us for more.
0: <laughs> so to uh, get this, if you're uh, interested in doing more, head over to itbusinesspodcast.com and be sure to check out the follow page check out the oh, we don't have a video with this one but we're going to do another video at some point right
1: yeah all right video
0: we'll do that and you can help support the show and bring on great guests like this maybe we'll have some more in studio in the future
1: but i was but the first you're the first. I was the first
0: all right like i said thank you very much that's going to do it we'll be back with another episode real soon and until then holla